This is the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, April 7th. Corey, we have baseball on the schedule, high school baseball on the schedule. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. That is that is kind of true. It was announced yesterday that a couple of area schools are going to, in fact, uh-huh. play a doubleheader of baseball and the next day play a doubleheader of softball. Okay. All right. Let's check this out. I want to uh, uh, make sure I get the details correctly here. On Thursday, April 13th. Okay. That is next week. Wadena Deer Creek will play Bertha Hewitt Verndale in a baseball doubleheader. It will be at 430 first pitch. And it will be in Stewartville, Minnesota. Corey, for the folks at home, where is Stewartville? South of Rochester. South of Rochester. They don't have a. They don't have to deal with as much snow as we do up here. They, as a matter of fact, they don't have to deal with any snow. Really? Uh, uh, that we have up here. I saw this morning uh, from Rushford Peterson. Rushford Peterson has uh, made the Twitter call out and said, "Anybody want to get ball games in? Reach out. Our fields are ready. Come on down." What Come a, say hello. What a great investment for those Southern Minnesota schools. So on Thursday, April 13th, it'll be the Alphabet game, WDC versus BHV in Stewartville, 4.30 start time. And then on Friday, April 14th, the same two schools will now play softball against each other in Stewartville, doubleheader, 4.30 start time. All right. And, you know, it's really uh, in that uh, Facebook post that uh, WDC put out, it also mentioned, you know, both schools are actually commuting together to yep. try and save costs because yep. you got to rent the field and you got to get everybody down there and whatnot. And it reminds me of back when I was in high school, actually 10 years ago, this spring uh, was a winter much like this. We couldn't get a game in. So, well, I remember this vividly in practice. We were in the Bertha Hewitt School cafeteria after practice one time. Our coach, uh, uh, Steve Reaver, comes up to us after practice and he like just kind of casually throws it out there. He's like, hey, by the way, uh, if we could play a game in the Metrodome, would you guys want to do that? And everybody kind of looked at each other and went, yeah. Yeah, we'd very much like to play a game in the Metrodome. So we played it against Wadena Deer Creek, and we ended up busing on a charter bus together, which it was fine. But it's kind of yeah, know, of course. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was a very fun day. It's a game. Uh, I didn't. I can't tell you the score of the varsity game, Corey, but I do remember getting to drive down there, getting to be on the Metrodome, getting to be in the dugout, and while going down to Stewartville isn't quite the same thing. It's still like a fun experience to get to go down and play like that, considering the circumstances. Because at the end of the day, you get to play baseball and you get to play softball. You kind of just want to play at this point, right? Yeah, yes, you want to get outside. So that's pretty uh, cool that that is happening. I would imagine. I mean, we're not going to play games up here next week. No, it's going to be. It's going to warm up nicely, but that's not. It's not. You got to melt the snow, and the fields have to dry up. And even the people who are taking care of the fields and getting as much snow off as possible to prepare, it's still going to need time. Yep. But, yeah, yeah. I, I have nothing to add. So that's cool. I'm glad that they're. Uh, I'm glad that they're getting those games in and getting the opportunity. What's going to be hilarious is that their first time on the field is going to be their not first- even on a local field. <laughs> Your first time touching the dirt. 
jumping over that chalk line is going to be in Stewartville. Their first time they actually go get to touch some grass is going to be yep. like their first game is also their first outdoor practice. Yep. Like let, let's just put it. At. Yeah, there's so much snow. We haven't even been able to shag fly balls in a parking lot, have we? No. <laughs> it's been too icy. Players are going to slip. It's not worth it. Uh, did you watch any of the Gopher hockey game yesterday? Uh, I did not like sit down and watch it. I was kind of following live uh, on the Twitters. And let me tell you, uh, this Gopher team is pretty darn good. They beat Boston University 6-2, to two, and they're on their way to the Natty. I turned it on. I forgot it was on. Yeah. So I turned it on as they were um, uh, doing the face-off. That made it after the goal that made it three to two by Luke Middlestead. Yep, that's when I turned it on. So it was at the eighteen twenty mark of the uh, of the third period. Sure, and I saw Middlestead's next goal. He he went back to back there for a second, and and that, well, whatever. I saw the rest of the. I, I watched the rest of the game, which was pretty darn cool. Um, this has been true all season long. And it was true again. It was a, a nicely contested uh, hockey game in Tampa, which is always a funny place, I think, to have something called the Frozen Four and then play it in Tampa, Florida. Although the Minnesotans who got on a plane and got to go down to Florida aren't complaining. They loved it. That is for darn sure. But this Gopher team is um, they're really good, man. Really good. That first line, so the, their, their best three players are – just phenomenal. It's the best first line in the country, obviously, but it's like a generationally good first line that the Gophers have. And headlining, by the way, Brock Faber on this wild team or on this, uh, excuse me, Gopher team because he's going to go after Saturday, after that national championship game is done. Hopefully, the Gophers win. There's a big celebration, but he's going from university. He's going down to downtown St. Paul to go help the Wild on a playoff run. So it's going to be a busy couple weeks for him as well. This is uh, more of an emotional response to everything that's happening, but it does feel right that the Gophers are good again, doesn't it? Do, yeah, just on a gut level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they haven't... It'd it's kind of how it's supposed to be, right? It'd be two decades since they've won a national title last. Now, they got to the championship game about, what, 10 years ago and lost? So it'd be... Yeah, I mean, this is... You're not the state of hockey... Without the University of Minnesota. Right. I know that there are other Division One programs in the state, but the first one was this one. That matters, I yeah. think. Being the most prominent, being the biggest, having the most resources, for them to, to miss Frozen Four after Frozen Four while St. Cloud State, while Mankato, while uh, you know all these other Minnesota schools got in. Uh, UMD has more national titles in the last 20 years by far than the Gophers. So for yeah. them to get back on the board would be huge. As a quick as well. aside, I have a buddy who... Uh, uh, is an MSU grad. Uh-huh. Oh, he's sad right now. <laughs> he's very sad about what's happening to his Mavericks. To his he, yeah. big hockey guy, big Mavericks guy, and he is bummed. It's the uh it's the what is it, the Godfell Godfather Goodfellas. I can't remember which movie it was where it just has these like, they're massacring. Look yeah. what they did to my boy. <laughs> and that's exactly how uh Mavericks fans are feeling about Mankato hockey. Uh I uh, you know, it's just tough for me as a Bemidji State fan to just just see the the issues that are going on with Mankato right now as they try and find a head coach, but that's neither here nor there. I can hear it in the sound of your voice. It's that just, was very sincere. Uh, you me. know, I just all I can hear is just the faint sound of a beaver tapping its tail along the water 
in celebration. All right, let's run through some of this very quickly. The Wild lost again, losing to Pittsburgh 4-1 to last night. They're now out of first place in the Central Division. They'll host St. Louis tomorrow night at 8. The Timberwolves are on the road tomorrow. They'll play the Spurs in San Antonio in what is, I love this word, the penultimate game of the season. Penultimate! Such a good word, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they'll tip off tomorrow afternoon, it says, at 3 and then, of course, the Twins have their home opener today. They take on the hated, the hated Houston Astros. Again, fun to have a team to hate, isn't it? Hate the Houston Astros and every single one of those darn cheaters, except for Carlos Correa, you cool. Yeah, and Marwin Gonzalez before that. Yeah, Marwin, you're cool. I like you, Marwin. You have a nice family. So, um, I don't know. This is not going to be an easy series for the Twins. They've nope. lost two straight. It's going to be important for them to kind of right the ship here a little bit. Sunny Gray goes tonight. That should help. It's going to be a sunny gray day. Ooh. A sunny. Well, that's a, Ooh. I've been calling it gray day when he pitches, but everybody else says it's a sunny day, and they spell it like how you spell his first name, S-O-N-N-Y. Sure. So, I don't know. Which one would you roll with, Corey? Uh, well, it depends on how you're feeling about him at that particular moment, I think. I think we're feeling pretty good. Then it's a sunny day. It's a sunny it's day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a yeah. sunny day. Well, you see, when Joe Ryan pitches, I'm going to go to the Twins game tomorrow. It's which a is Joey be- day? No, it's the Joe Ryan experience. Oh, interesting. So that's what it's called. That is, by the way, um, that is a very common, like stereotypical either podcast or radio show name something experience the something yeah. something experience or a band or a band that's very like you know the most famous one in the world right now is the joe rogan experience yeah but there is i i've heard numerous radio shows that have been called that also so when's the Corey tackman experience coming i was just gonna say what i do and i've always i've always done this when i have to fill in for people is i don't call it the experience i call it the experiment <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a slight change but you uh-huh. know it does mean a little bit it yeah. is an experience but it's you know it's, it's an experience it's in experimentation <laughs> yeah uh so the twins in this series against the astros if you thought darn the twins face the two best pitchers they might face all year in Jesus Lazardo and the reigning NL Cy Young winner Sandy Alcantara. Uh, the Twins avoid the Astros' two main starting pitchers, but the Astros, believe it or not, are a pretty deep team, not yeah, just in the yeah. rotation, but in their bullpen. So it's not going to get any easier. And by the way, the Houston Astros, even though Jose Altuve is out with a broken thumb, Boo. they still can hit the ball pretty darn good yeah. uh, with Alex Bregman. Jordan Alvarez can hit the ball into tar- onto the roof of the target center if he wants to. Um, and, of course, they have Jose Abreu, noted twin killer when he was with the White Sox. Boo. Hey, how about some Twins trivia? Let's do it. I've got five Twins trivia questions for you, CJ. They are multiple choice. Please wait for your options. Okay. What are the Minnesota Twins named after? They're named after the Twin Cities. All right, but I asked you to wait for the options. Ah. <laughs> See, I just because I, I want you to hear how ridiculous these okay, options okay, are. Okay, all right, all right. Twin Peaks, Twin Towers, Twin yeah. Brothers, or Twin Cities. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just saying those are the options. I don't know when this I, trivia question was made. What was the the What was the first one? Uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Pit, like like the TV show, like the TV show. I mean, like I don't know if like the TV show, but it would be. 
That'd be funny. That'd be funny. Uh, yeah. By the way, my brother uh, unironically watches Twin Peaks. Hey, we all have like our likes and dislikes. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Hey, man. All right. No, yeah. I'm in a barbershop quartet. I'm not here to judge anyone. <laughs> I, I'm here to judge. Him. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Corey, am I am I correct? Is it named after the Twin Cities? One for one. <laughs> Question Our- number two. Who pitched the first no-hitter in Twins history? Your options are Eric Milton, Dean Chance, Scott Erickson, or Jack Kralik. Eric Milton? Eric Milton is incorrect. Ah. Who was it? The correct answer is Jack Kralik. On August 26, 1962, Kralik beat the Kansas City Athletics 1-0 at Metropolitan Stadium. The first no-hitter in the history of the Twins franchise subsequent to its relocation to Minnesota. He retired the first 25 batters before a walk spoiled his bid for the perfect game. Ah. Question number three, CJ. Who holds the franchise record for stolen bases? Your options are Clyde Milan, George Case, Chuck Knobloch, or Sam Rice. Say those options again. Clyde Milan or Claude Milan, I don't know. Uh, George Case, Chuck Knobloch, Sam Rice. I don't know. Sam Rice? Incorrect. <laughs> Clyde Milan. 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 Does Milan. it say when he played? Um, I will tell you, he was not a powerful batter, but was adept at getting on base and was fleet of foot, earning the name Deerfoot for his speed. He set a modern rules record for stolen bases in a season with 88 in 1912. 1912? That's Senator days. That doesn't count. Three years later, Ty Cobb beat it. It does count, unfortunately. Uh, All right, next one. Against which team did the Twins turn two triple plays in one game? The Boston Red Sox, the Kansas City Royals, the Detroit Tigers, or the Baltimore Orioles? Oh, I feel like, did this happen recently, or was this a long time ago? Because I... Um, in my life, it would be considered recently. In your life, it would be considered a long time ago. Okay, say the options one more time. Red Sox, Royals, Tigers, Orioles. Uh, Red Sox. That's right. July 17th, 1990. The first team in MLB history to turn two triple plays in the same game. Both were 5-4, three triple plays. Gaetti to Newman to Herbeck. All right. And finally, which Twins player played all nine positions in a single game? Cesar Tovar, Zoyo Versailles, Marwan Gonzalez, or Williams Astadio? Uh, it's got to be one of those first two, and that's going to kill me. Uh, what was the first? Who was the first option? Cesar Tovar or Zoyo Versailles? I'm going to go Tovar. I'm going to go Tovar. It was Cesar Tovar, September 22nd, 1968, the last home game of the season. Cesar Tovar, nicknamed Mr. Versatility, became only the second player in MLB history to play all nine field positions during a single game. Congratulations to Cesar Tovar, a recent Twins Hall of Fame member, I think. We'll do Twins trivia again next week, Friday. All right. Sounds good. There goes Corey Tackman. This is been the morning sports desk for Friday, April 7th.